Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces ever assembled. Michael Krug, Marco Selmo, Eric Trevartan, Russell Catt, Marcello Poblete Alarcon. They are the recurring donators or recurring as well. That works too. I like to think that they work at a dairy farm and they like to make cheese. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Nice. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, theorizing that better comics existed within his own lifetime, Steven Schleicher stepped into the major spoilers, Quantum Accelerator, and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in a comic world driven by an unknown force to review them. His only guide on this journey is Matthew, a giant comic geek from his own time who appears in the form of a hologram only Steve can see and hear. As he finds himself leaping from book to book, striving to put right what once went wrong, he hopes that each time his next comic won't totally suck and also zach is here the major spoilers podcast is making the leap home welcome to issue four five eight of the major spoilers podcast Hello, future people. so many things so many things going on in going uh, this week yeah so going wrong and so going on <laughs> in this week's episode see if you can follow along with us as this week we get into some news, reviews, and of course later our trade paperback discussion on Lobster Johnson, The Burning Hand, which actually doesn't come out till November 11th. So you're oh. getting an an early review of this collection, even though all the I feel way more even though uh, to pull a phrase from someone I, I read this in the original uh, issues <laughs> when they originally came out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's pretty good there, Matthew. Uh, why don't we start off with some news? So this week we have the brand new Iron Man 3 trailer. I know Zach has watched that about 20 times. I have, I have. Got a thing for Pepper Potts. Oh. Uh, Key Leaf Comics closes its doors. The Justice League movie lands in theaters in 2015. And Warner Brothers keeps half of the Superman rights. Let's spin that Wheel of Destiny. See where it lands. One in uh, 25 chance of getting the story that you want to hear. And let's hope that you picked number three. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's not a 1 in 25 because there are 25 things. Oh, yeah. 1 in 4. I'm sorry. 25%. 25%. There you go. Yeah. See how yeah, well yeah. things are going tonight? It's Man. 1 in 25. I have actually, this wheel, wheel, in order to make either. in order to make it all the way around, we had to put uh, yeah, 25 it, sets it, of 4. It has to go all the way around. And if yes, it there it lands around, on number 3. <laughs> but if it lands on The Justice League movie is confirmed for 2015. So we have known... Right. For uh, some time now that Warner Brothers has been wanting to make a Justice League movie. In fact, a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, let's say like three, four years ago, mm-hmm. right before the writer strike, they had um, a Justice League movie all geared up with a younger crew of people. I think I think Army Hammer was one of the actors in there. Mm-hmm. And I forget who else was. Okay. That is not a real person. Yeah, it's Army yeah, yeah, Hammer. Yeah. That's that's the real guy's yeah, name. Social network kid. No, no. The one whose face didn't get seen in the movie, right? <laughs> didn't get he's, the, he's the upcoming Lone Ranger. Uh, but that fell through mostly because of the writer's strike. Um, 
Then there have been several other attempts that we've heard. We've uh, heard rumor that they were going to go the route that uh, Marvel did by introducing individual movies. We see the Flash movie is still out there. The Wonder Woman movie is still out there. We've got more Batman and Superman movies on the way. But Warner Brothers has confirmed that, yes, in 2015, we will get to see a Justice League movie on the big screen. Okay. Woohoo. Is that good news, Zach? Um, I don't know why it wouldn't be. I'm going to go see it. Uh, you know, the people have been wanting it for a while, but people have been wanting it so they can, I think, so they can tout how bad it's going to be. And so that'll, that'll please a lot of people so they can rip it and then go watch it and then rip it some more. And then why would they rip it? Is there a reason to rip it? I don't, I don't know. They just, I feel like people have a disdain for some of the stuff DC's done and yeah but look what they did with, with the, look what they did with uh, Justice League Unlimited look what they've done with uh yeah. Nolan Batman look well, what they've yeah, done with Batman, uh, those Batman movies that look what they did with shut up about yeah, yeah look what they did with but the, the, uh, the uh, Green the Lantern Man of Steel oh oh yeah. and then there's that Return of Superman movie oh yeah 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 people didn't Superman like those Returns. and then there was that thing with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and he but you have to understand Marvel what? has made bad well, movies I mean, as he well. He was governor at once. Marvel has made bad movies too. Oh yeah, yeah that, no, that's I agree. So, I think that my biggest complaint about this is the internet. There seems to be an underlying argument that states this movie is going to suck because Avengers was awesome. Well, right. I guess the I guess it's not necessarily that this movie is going to suck because Avengers was awesome. People are saying, well, this is DC cop- copying Marvel once again. Uh, but they're doing it too late. You know, if if just if uh, Justice League had come out four years ago and it was the best thing ever, mm-hmm. people would have been saying the same thing when the Avengers movie finally hit. Oh, well, they're just doing what DC did. <laughs> and and everyone- hey, we see the same thing going on with comic books, right? I mean, this whole uh, Marvel now relaunch reboot, not a not a mm-hmm. not what a, a thingy. Yeah, whatever. They're saying, well, DC already did it, and so Marvel's just trying to come in and and pick up on some of that of uh, uh, some of that lovely lovely. Uh, uh, DC pie which is a good plan and I think that's actually a good thing because these these two companies basically only deal with their own fandom and I am part of that fandom and I am happy to say that most of us have our heads right up our butts because we are buried in decades and decades of continuity with maybe 50 to 70,000 you know readers listeners Matthew, I think we lost you. Oh, no. It was too far up his butt. Right up his butt. (laughs) (laughs) Microphone couldn't fit up there anymore. I'm retiring. There you go. Are you back? What happened there? Uh, Nothing happened on this end. Oh, okay, because we lost you here, so. I just kept talking. Go on with your, your wonderful argument. Well, we are conditioned as part of the medium, to look at a 50,000-selling comic book as a really, really successful book. If you have a movie that has 50,000 people watching it, <laughs> even 50,000 people in one day watching it, that movie is probably a really, really unsuccessful, tanky-tanky movie. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. Know, I would agree with you. I mean, um, the thing is, and this is, you know, I don't care, you, you know, what Warner Brothers or Marvel or Disney does with their property, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um as long as they're telling an interesting story, as long as they're telling something that's entertaining, something that's engaging, something that's not some creepy stalker hero following his 
ex-girlfriend around that he knocked up and then ran off after he found out she was pregnant. Um, you know, if you can tell an interesting story. <laughs> Brandon Ralph. <laughs> if you can tell Sorry, an interesting I story, I don't think it matters whether you're Marvel or DC or Dynamite. Um, but I want to I want to see a good story. And I guess what we as comic book readers have to get past is these movies and these television shows like Arrow, um, which has been picked up for a full 22 episode season, mm-hmm. uh, are not for us. Right. This is not fan service for us. If people mm-hmm. want to yeah. see if people want to see Superman and Power Girl and all this stuff, that's service to the fans. They need to go to YouTube and they need to look up fan films of their favorite hero. And they will see people that are genuinely trying to create product for fans. The products that Warner Brothers and Disney and Marvel and these others are cranking out the CW are generating content for a mass audience. And the mass audience is not comic book readers. No, and they never have been. But here's something else that's very important. When you talk about a good story... The story in Avengers is Loki shows up and then they fight. Well, that was the uh, that was the uh, story in the very first Avengers comic book. Right, but it's not a super awesome, you know, ir- original story. No, it's what is no. original is the interactions, the acting, the character work, the dialogue, the direction. It is basically just one big shoot 'em up, fighty fighty, and here's some awesome stuff with a, a helicarrier. So I think that DC has a good shot at this, except for. They're gonna have to commit. C O M I T T T T T T T T T T T. They're going to have to find a Justice League lineup that they're gonna live with, make that their Justice League, and probably make that their comic book Justice League at the same time. Well, we already know. Mm-hmm. We're well. We don't know for sure, but we can bet that Superman is in this movie because the announcement came. Like 24 hours after the the ruling on who owns Superman. Right. I own uh, Superman. Yes, I'm sure you do. That's awesome. Um, you own I bought, 300 I bought copies of it from, uh, from 1968 no, to 1999. I own a little flying airplane in the shape of Superman. Ah, okay. That you can steer um, around with a remote So control. we're pretty sure that we're going to see Superman in there. Right. Pretty sure we're going to see Batman in there. Pretty totally. sure we're going to see Green Lantern in there. Totally. Pretty sure we're going to see Flash and Wonder Woman in there. Mm-hmm. Now, whether we see Green Arrow in there... That will be remain remain to be seen. Mm-hmm. Whether they take a risk and put Aquaman in there, that will remain to be seen. The only reason I, I say Arrow, the only reason I say Green Arrow is because of the current popularity of that Arrow series. Yeah. I think that a lineup that would work and a lineup that makes sense would be the seven man lineup from the New Fifty Two launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got Cyborg. your Cyborg. You got your Wonder Woman. You got your Green Lantern. Green Lantern is a known property. Flash is a sort of known property. Most people know him as Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, most people know Captain Marvel as Shazam, too. They do. That's why <laughs> and they I change think it. that <laughs> if you run that, you you got to run Aquaman because Aquaman has a higher profile than either Green Lantern or Flash. A general non-comics <laughs> publisher. <laughs> just, just simply from, like, Robot Chicken and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, from the perception that he's lame. From Aquaman's 1968 series. Aquaman had a primetime cartoon in the late 60s. Aquaman Hmm. is known. And people who go, well, I grew up wearing underoos, they know Aquaman. They don't necessarily know Flash. They they tend to call him. I mean, how many Well, you know, I think, you know, you're talking about something from the 60s when you're talking about Aquaman. I think most people know Aquaman as more of that, that joke. More people are going to know Flash than they're 
you know, I, I think, you know, all that lineup that you said, with the exception of Cyborg, um, are going to be very known properties, right? Um, now, people probably know Cyborg, too, just because of Teen Titans, uh, the cartoon series. Because, again, and this, mm. is, this is really hard for a lot of people to hear, not only are they not making this comic book movie for comic book fans, they're not making it for your age demographic. That's well, the other part. They're not making it. Well, it, it does that. But for the, uh, you know, the age demographic now is between, I think the majority of readers are between now 28 and 37 or 42, something like that. Um, so this is not targeted to the 28 to 40 somethings. This is targeted to the 12 to 21 somethings. Or mm. How old are you, young Zach? 21. Well, see, there Woo-hoo. you go. It's targeted towards but, Zach. And I'm going to bet I, you watch Teen Titans on Cartoon Network. No. For I shame, watched. get out of this house. <laughs> I haven't, no, I haven't. But get here's out the of thing. I mean, I don't think the Avengers was necessarily aimed at a young market. It had stuff that worked mm-hmm. for young. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That was that was definitely aimed at a, a much older audience. But there were still a and, crap ton of kids in those theaters. Oh, yeah. Honestly, we know nothing about this movie other than they plan to have it ready in three years. I mean, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. have people who are already declaring this a failure and declaring it the end of DC and saying that it will finally put the, the nail in the coffin of the new 52. And I'm like, no. dude, there are a lot of decaffeinated brands on the market that are just as tasty as the real thing. Yeah, just a release date is, I mean, the biggest thing about the release date is this is also the same same year that the next Avengers movies mm-hmm. come come out. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know when the date is of release. Now, this past summer, we had Avengers going up against Batman. Avengers was at the beginning of the summer. Right. Batman yeah. was at the end of the oh. summer. I mean, they could right. still they could book in the entire summer with Avengers two right. and the Justice League the same way, or maybe they come to some agreement and they get Justice League first and Avengers mm-hmm. second. I don't know. Um, so I'm not really ready to say, oh, this movie's going to go be terrible. Um, until I find out who they cast, who's going to be the director, who are the writers. The writers, to me lately, are kind of a big uh, sign because in the past when we look at uh, some of the uh, big names that are associated with pop culture movies like Transformers and Green Green Lantern and, and these, we've got uh, uh, Robert Orchie and Alex Kurtzman and David Goyer are all names that pop up again and again and again. Uh, Jeff Loeb will pop up um, and some others, but... Uh, Kurtzman and Orchie uh, did Transformers 1, 2, and 3. And the first one was pretty good, but the rest kind of are terrible. This is, this is, this is considered a good thing or a bad thing. Well, that's, that's the thing. They kind of flip-flop. I mean, David Goyer, in my mind, has written some really awful movies. Wasn't he the guy shopping around that Supermax picture where Green yes. Arrow went to prison? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a whole lot of faith. Right but there. he also wrote, the, he also helped co-script, co-write the third Batman movie and the second Batman movie. So you know he's yeah. kind of he's kind of <laughs> to Not each extreme. But I'm no, I'm saying Batman the uh, the uh, Dark Knight uh, the Dark Knight was a very good movie, right? Okay, there there's was, no denying that. Uh, the, this last one it was okay. So it's kind of hit and miss with some of these writers. So even then, I can't say just based on the writer that something's going to be is going to suck or something is well, going to to be awesome. Movies are not made by the writer. No matter how much brilliance that writer puts in his script, it's got to go through you know several different stages. So mm-hmm. most importantly, here is something and an argument that I keep hearing is, well, Marvel did it right, and the only way to make this work is to do individual hero movies. Yeah, that's a bunch I, I think of that, I think, yeah. I think DC or uh, Warner Brothers' plan is to actually do it the opposite direction. 
launch right. the and team movie and then fine. spin that off into the individual valid as an approach as anything yeah. else you can't say that because avengers was successful with them building it over five movies mm-hmm. that that's the only way to do it because that's the kind of talk that's going to lock you into crap knockoff movies mm-hmm. right you know that's the thing where saw was a good movie and Saw 2 was an okay movie. And there were diminishing mm-hmm. returns because they kept going back to the well doing pretty much exactly the same damn thing. Yeah. You can't necessarily take someone else's success and, you know, put a different hat on it and call it your character. Because at that point, DC will sue you for Captain Marvel. And 10 years later, you'll have to go out of business. Okay. Uh, right. I think, you know, I think it's too early for people to get all up in arms. And for me, I'm like, hey, hooray, there's oh, another. Oh, it's never too super... early for the Internet to hate things. <laughs> there's a new superhero <laughs> movie on the on the way. I cannot wait. That's how I feel about it. Yep. I'm Whoa. I'm not willing to dismiss this movie. I thought you hated superheroes. It rolls. Um, you know, I'm, and I've said it before. I, I enjoyed the Avengers a lot. I really, really liked it a lot. I enjoyed the Batman movie. Not a whole lot, but I enjoyed it. Batman's um, not a I uh, I enjoyed Iron Man. I think this new Iron Man 3 movie, just from the first trailer we've seen, seems very dark. Looks really good. Um, I don't know about casting of uh, Ben Kingsley ben as the Mandarin, <laughs> but, uh, I'll you know, I'll give it a chance. Um, I'm not a big fan of The Arrow on TV. I'm not going to watch it, you know, unless I totally bore. Two episodes mm-hmm. was enough for me. I've kind of seen everything I need to see. Um, and to say that I hate superheroes, no, that's not true, Matthew. I find myself drifting further and further away from superhero comic books in favor of um, various titles like Lobster Johnson that we'll read later on or uh, The Shadow, which uh, comes out this week. Uh, so it just it just depends. All right. There you go. Listeners, <laughs> you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can uh, check out the link and you can comment on the story yourself. Maybe you'll agree with... Uh, um, Chris in Texas, or maybe you will agree with James on October 19th. Oh, wait, that's not his last name. Anyway, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to some reviews. How to get a major spoilers shout-out. If you want to get a personalized shout-out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 2006. I think everyone has figured out our uh, vast conspiracy. Uh, we brought Zach in to get everybody conditioned so that we could give Rodrigo the big boot. Yeah, um, it's just it, it's been a plan. It's been in the work for a few months yeah. now, but yeah. we're trying to just ease and, our ways into and, it. And since Rodrigo doesn't listen to the show, he won't even. <laughs> this. No, wait, that's you that doesn't listen to the show. I didn't say I didn't listen to the show. I said I didn't listen to you during oh, the show. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. No, Rodrigo's out shooting again this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Outstanding in his field. Yes. <laughs> I think tonight is it soccer? Is that soccer what he's doing tonight? Yeah. yeah. Brings in the big money. Brings in the big money. Hey, thanks to everybody who's uh, one of those uh, recurring donors. We really appreciate everything that you've donated, whether it's the two, the five, or the $10 a month. If you want to help us out another way, maybe you want to buy this trade paperback that we'll be discussing later. Maybe you want to go buy uh, a new uh, set of Munchkin gear. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Maybe you want to go and pick up some Dungeons and Dragons materials. Uh, maybe you just want to go and pick up a, a brand new uh, uh, large screen TV for Christmas. Why not? Maybe you want to go get one of those new iPad minis. No, Zach? No, don't, no. Don't, don't go buy those. Don't, an don't. iPad mini is just an iPhone without the phone. Actually, it's an iPod Touch, super size, <laughs> but I don't it, think they want to call it the iPod Mini. It's just a Maxi. waste of money. Yeah, the it iPod. really is. Hey, look, you, Steven, you can't call I can it hold the, the iPad Maxi with one hand. Yeah, and like, I, I can do that too. I can do that too. Yeah, I, I don't weird. like those cases. Did I give you that case? That's no, I oh, bought okay. this with my yeah, money. Dodo, Dodo cases it. are awesome. This is a patent quill. Oh, okay. Dodo cases are better. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Steven well, anyway, you can better. head over to, you can go over to Majorspoilers.com, click on that Amazon.com link, buy your products. Holiday season coming up. We know that you want to buy things. Um, buy away. We get a little credit for everything that you purchase, and that helps keep the ship afloat. All right. Let us get to some reviews. Uh, Zach, let's start with you. I'm oh, sorry, I have to... all right. Let's start with. Oh, I'll have to check with the manager. <laughs> Let us start with Marvel Now point one number one. Yes, point there's, a lot, there's a lot of ones in this title. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. need to get ready for that. Okay. Um, fifty-one pages of fun. There, there's a there's a big book, and I originally didn't buy it on Wednesday. Because it's uh, it was five ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Well, that's too rich for my blood. Yeah. And then I went a couple days, and I was like, uh, I kind of want to check it out now, so I did. And overall, um, I enjoyed it. So this point one thingy is setting up a bunch of the new Marvel Now stuff that is coming over the uh the coming months, and it's set against um. This dude from the future comes and starts making all these trades in the uh, on the stock market and just taking over the economy pretty much in a matter of hours. And apparently, Shield monitors the uh, stock exchange now, and so I have to bring in old Nick Fury to interrogate this guy. And so what happens is he's given some clues in the future and how everything's going to get effed up here sh- soon, and people are going to start dying, and America's going to tank and whatnot. And through this, it kind of interestingly weaves um the little snippets of the the stories that are coming through it in a weird way mm-hmm. but uh yeah, i mean the way they kind of did it seemed uh it seemed odd almost it felt like he was supposed to be referencing these events that were happening but in a really loose way yeah where I'd, i had to read it like three times i even think if that's what they were doing which i assume that's what they were doing but it kind of Probably just would have worked better if they just would have went like, here's four page, five pages of each story, and let's get done with it. But so now, we is it Nick what? Fury or Nick Fury Junior? Oh, now that I am not sure because I didn't. I knew there was a Nick Fury Junior. White guy with an eye patch. Oh, no, he's definitely uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, that's Nick Fury Junior. Oh, okay. So it's Nick Fury Junior with uh, Agent Coulson is actually in this actually yeah, too. He's been in there for a while. Yep. Oh, okay. Anyways, so the first one, we have uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, and then we get into, what is it, the new Nova series with uh, the Nova? new, new Lil, Lil Nova, Lil Nova Boy, because... Kid Nova. Kid Nova, because the other one died during AVX, well, I think. Yeah, no, the other one died during the Thanos Imperative. Oh, was he not in the AVX stuff? Well, there was a Nova at the beginning of AVX, but I'm pretty uh-huh. sure it was this kid. Oh, it was? I oh, think okay. so. All right. That's cool. 
Um, Man, if there was only like a point one issue or something where Marvel could that could explain all about what's going on right now in Marvel. Well, it just it uh, the Nova series just picks up like he's just flying through the sky and he said Thor asked me to be an Avenger. I was like, oh, whatever, that's cool. And uh, one of the Nova thing was really good. I actually liked it a lot. And there was one panel where he's flying through the country and it goes across Littleton, Kansas. There is no Littleton, Kansas. Are you sure? It's I, go- I googled near Smallville. it. Smallville. Yeah, it's Smallville. Oh, okay. Because there's a man, a large man in the in the field that says, "Look, Paul, flying man." It's like that was funny. Was it? I thought it was. Really? Uh huh. Did you think it was? Did you read this? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I did not think it was funny. <laughs> you well, I'm think thinking of Littleton, Colorado. That's what <clears throat> yeah. There's Littleton, True. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then the Young Avengers thing, which I had been, which when it was announced, people went like crazy on the internet. I'd never read this, obviously, since I haven't read very many comics. Um, but I liked Why it. Why are you here? I don't, <laughs> I don't read comics. I don't read comics. Because we, we get this from a fresh perspective. It's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like a newborn baby, Matthew, where you just like <laughs> smelling the new baby smell. This is like Zach. We're getting yeah, the new, the new comic book. all over my comics. <laughs> yes. Well, they do And next too. time you get to change them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, yeah, but the Young Avengers... Like, I really enjoyed the Miss America and the little little teenage Loki dude. He was fun. Kid Loki. Yeah, Kid Loki. And they did this really awesome thing at the end where, because uh, Loki's trying to get uh, female Captain America to join him, and he tries to hand uh, her, after she flies away, he pulls out this flyer, and he's trying to get like a recruit, and they were the page actually pops up, and it's asking for like recruits the Young Avengers, but it's simply... Like he's handing it to us, and it's like, "Hey, subscribe to this comic. Put this on your pull list." So no. we don't. Uh, what does it say? Um, be there or be involved in a string of massive corporate crossover events for your entire run. <laughs> Which I thought was wonderful. Yeah. And then there was some Ant Man stuff and some Cable thing that was my least favorite. But overall, I enjoyed it. Um, your first broadcast. Oh yeah, that makes sense. He has a he has a big gun, so you should listen to him. Um, so it was good. Um, most of these comics I've never read before. The new Ant Man with the FF seems uh, seems really good, but I enjoyed Is it. Is Ant Man still Eric O'Grady? Um. That I don't really know. I don't believe it actually ever says a name. Um, did he Does have he a daughter that? named Cassie? No, that was uh, Scott Lang. Then the it would second be Ant-Man. It would be Scott Lang because it references Doom killing his daughter. All right, there you go, Zach. Uh, what? Uh, how many slices of meatloaf are you giving this? I'm going to give this um, so uh, um. Three and a half slices of meatloaf. Three point five <laughs> slices of meatloaf from. I had to calculate how much I would, how much I really wanted. Okay, cool. Uh, that is your look at Marvel. We've already talked about DC. We've already talked about Marvel. Now it's time to give the smaller publishers some love, as Matthew and I go over to our good friends at Dynamite Entertainment. And this week, Dynamite has a number of books that are hitting the uh, the store shelves. That number being six. Well, yes, that is a number. Uh, well, I, this I week, I'd be Pacific, there you go. Uh, I am actually looking forward to the new shadow, uh, even though it's, yeah, it is written by Garth Ennis, uh, with art by Aaron Campbell, but that is not the book I decided to pick up this week. 
This week, I decided to pick up a brand new number one. It's a three-part series written by Marcus Nesbill, Gotham Chopra, and uh, Sherrod Devarajan. Yes, uh, and uh, Chuck Dixon also is is on that. And I don't know if Gotham Chopra is related to Deepak Chopra. Um, a while ago, and it wasn't Dynamite Entertainment, but you remember Virgin Comics way I back do. a long time ago that did that uh, terrible Jenna Jameson, that Jenna Jameson uh, thing? Shadowhunters. Um, Shadowhunters. Uh, Snake Woman. Well, one of, the Chopra, one, one of Chopra's kids was involved in stories on that. So I don't know if this is somehow it related. His son, Pork Chopra. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, chosen number one tells the story. Really, it's a, it's an odd story. It's it's uh, one night in the middle of the night, all these monks who have dust on their feet from three continents show up in this small town, knocking on the door, saying, we must see your child. And uh, they give him, of course, the uh, the little Buddha test, and they proclaim him the chosen one. And, of course, the white parents freak out. You can't take our child. What are you people crazy? Get off my property. And uh, they chase him off. Um, but then the monks kidnap the boy to perform a ritual with him to unlock his potential of the previous chosens. Uh, the cops show up, bust open the door, kill all the monks, except for one who escapes. Uh, young uh, chosen boy grows up to lead a troubled life. His name is Deepak Chosen. No, his name. What is his name? <laughs> I don't see what it is. Um, but uh, Chicken Buddha. During this ceremony, he taps into the past Chosen Ones and has some powers, some Kung Fu powers, and he can do all this stuff, but he can't control it. He's got it. blue arrows on his forehead. And yes. He can't oh. control his powers, and he ends up getting picked on by a lot of people. And one day... Um, after a very nice date with a girl, he gets picked on by the bullies and he beats one of them nearly to death, cripples another one. And what I thought was odd, because the bullies were picking and beating on him, the judge decides to give the kid five years in juvie, maximum juvie, which is a weird, which is a weird <laughs> twist, because usually I if you're defending yourself, King movie. <laughs> yes, if you're defending yourself, generally the judge isn't going to come down too hard on you. Mm-hmm. But whatever, the judge sends the kid away for five years and he goes to the bad juvie run by the bad warden who hears that this kid can beat up people to bloody pulp. Enter fight club juvie style. Yes. So essentially they're forcing this kid to fight and he doesn't want to fight. So he's getting himself beat up a lot of times. And then the warden decides to say, hey, guess what? That girly girl that you like so much. Um, if you don't fight, we're going to do some things to her, some terrible things to her. Uh, oh, and your mother, she's sick and dying. And if you want to uh, go out and see her before she dies, you better start fighting. And, of course, he starts fighting and winning and doing all these things. And then along the way, he makes friends with a janitor. And the janitor turns out to be the one monk that escaped that's been following him, training him now um, in a very big, what is it, four-page uh, training sequence. And then uh, finally they decide that he's almost ready to go out and take on the next stage of being chosen, whatever that means. All I know from the solicitation is that uh, it starts in the urban grid of Detroit's Eight Mile and takes him all the way to to the even grittier underground gangland of Mumbai. So in three issues, we're going to go from Detroit to Mumbai and uh, tell the story. Uh, the art is okay. It's by Edison George, and I think that the uh, the art works here. The story, though, is really choppy, I think. Um, it's... 
at times it's just like ask you to suspend disbelief a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And other times some of the flow, even from panel to panel on the same page, seems like there's too much of a jump and a chop. And I thought maybe they were two pages that were supposed to be side by side. Mm-hmm. Not the case here. Um, but it's interesting. It's three issues. So, you know, it's not like I'm going to have to put a lot of investment into right, this if right. I want to go ahead and read it. I'm in it for the three runs. I mean, 12, 12 bucks essentially for these three issues. Mm-hmm. I'll go for it. Uh, I'm going to give this one eh, three, three slices of, of the good old meatloaf, I think. Three slices, I think, will work. Matthew, you better get that phone. That's not my phone. I don't even own a phone. That's I don't know what you're talking about. Mr. Peterson, it's the police. <laughs> that phone ringing is coming from inside your house. No! <laughs> And the babysitter is hanging from a bloody hook. Oh, speaking of, the the thing that got me interested in reading this Chosen is that it's brought to you by Marcus Nespiel, uh, or Nespel, who is the director of the Friday the 13th series in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And so I wasn't really sure what I was going to get into. I was like, ugh, horror. I'm not sure I want, you know, that kind of horror in a comic book. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it doesn't have that horror in there. Oh, you do? No, I really don't. I really don't. Because the original Friday the 13th is pretty good. Uh, Anyway, let's get to another Dynamite title out this week. Panther, number four. Panther, she's a pan who's made of thaw. Now, is this the the early... um, uh, Panther is an old Golden Age character, right? Uh, not necessarily Golden Age, early Bronze Age, as I recall. Panther was a companion piece to Vampirella. Oh, okay. Uh, from Warren Comics, circa about 1969, 70, in that neighborhood. Oh, okay. And uh, Panther holds the distinction of being the only character in the world whose costume is actually skimpier than Vampirella's. Interesting. <laughs> yep. So she how does that work a, out for her? Well, she's awfully naked. So if you're looking for naked comic books, uh, Mark Texiera does the uh, cover, and the cover is pretty phenomenal. But once you get inside, it's written by Brandon Jerwa, who is someone that I only know from G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. <clears throat> yeah, same thing. And um, it's a comic book. Now, I had been reading the Vampirella relaunch from Dynamite for a while, and I had to drop it when my pull list got scaled back. But Panther number one was more impressive than I expected. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it brought in this whole thing with Egyptian uh, mythology and the god Sekhmet or goddess Sekhmet and Seth, the evil snake god. And this issue kind of opens in mid fight with Vampirella and her allies, one of whom looks like a kind of a sluttier version of Shadow Lass. And one looks like Christopher Lee, which is interesting in and of itself, fighting against Seth, the god of uh, snakes and cheese. I don't remember, honestly. And it's on page four that I kind of have a moment where I'm my first moment where I'm like, oh, because Pantha, you know, wears this teeny tiny costume that is essentially evening gloves, thigh boots and a teeny tiny stripperific bikini. Yeah. Thong. Yeah. Yeah. And the god Seth picks her up and flips her over his shoulder in a fireman carry. I saw that that panel and I was like, oh, it's one of those kind of comic books, eh? Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just kind of like, well, hello, buttocks. And um, I was, I was, I was a little. I been, but I don't know what? if there. I mean, the only other way is to do a cradle hold, right? And it makes. I mean, it makes sense. It's not as though it's not a perfectly no. 
natural way to pick up a woman who is part panther. But <clears throat> it just kind of, oh. Um, but this particular story, Pantha is captured by the gods, and it turns out that one of her former allies is actually possessed by the spirit of, I want to say, the Blood Red Queen slash the Whore of Babylon, who is going to have Seth's evil uh, snaky children and bring them into the world and bring apart a giant apocalypse. Overall, it's kind of straightforward, and it feels kind of like half a dozen other comics that I might have read. Yeah. There's a guy with magic powers who wanders around and says, you know, ominous things. And there's a kick-ass fighty girl who kick-ass fights. And there's a god who speaks as though he were voiced by James Earl Jones. The main character does get knifed in the heart. Panther? Panther gets knifed yeah. in the heart? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being as she's a werecat uh, thingy person... And, of course, what's in front of her heart is, in fact, 80% silicone. She is un... No, that's not... That's not nice. Those might be real. She is essentially not murdered by this. There's a lot of backstory as to what Seth's evil plan is. And Pantha pulls the dagger out of her chest, and there is no wound and no blood. Which so she's magical? She has, like, Wolverine powers, I think. But as the issue ends, she has stabbed the god in the back, and it's all fighty, fighty time, and we are leading into the next big arc. And I, Now, I did not read issue three. I read one and two, and then I jumped to this issue number four. So there may have been stuff in issue three that I just didn't necessarily catch. But as the issue ends, we see Pantha and her friends, um, and in their defense, the hunky guy wears no shirt on her, her group of uh, amazing friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she is in like a little bikini and her associate is wearing like a bustier and, and thigh boots, the guy is also half naked, which I guess makes it kind of okay. I was a little confused as to what this issue was about. Mm-hmm. And part of that came from the fact that we had that very, I don't want to say provocative, but that, you know, that flat on butt shot at the beginning of the book. I'm like, oh, well, that's. That's awful porny, but it wasn't necessarily played like that. And then, of course, we get into the issue and, you know, it seems like that scene wasn't necessarily meant to be what I took it as. It was literally what a character wearing that costume would look like if you had to pick her up. That said, the art isn't necessarily super, super sexy. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, it feels a little bit kind of like Michael Turner's art. And I think there's a very strong Turner vibe in that, you know, very, people are very lithe and elongated. Um, the possessed friend character has hair that is literally 16 inches high above her head. You know, so it's not it's not bad art by any means. It's very stylized, very interesting, not entirely consistent. I'm not. A, I, I guess my problem is I'm not a fan of the coloring. Yeah, it, they. it's a weird like painterly. Color. It's like. It doesn't. It doesn't know if it wants to be a painterly effect or a watercolor or a chalk. It yeah. It's just and odd. it ends up coming. It, it ends up coming across as overly photoshopped. Yeah. And there are mm-hmm. some panels where it looks like somebody ate a bunch of skittles and vomited. Um, but overall, it's it's an okay book. It's not a terrible book. It's not an excellent book. It's one of those issues where you're just like, this is what the character is, and this is what she does, and here's yeah. part of a story and. Next issue, I may or may not be back. I would say two and a half slices of meatloaf. You know, slightly above average, not a terrible book. <clears throat> not necessarily something that's going to keep dragging me back. 
but this may not necessarily be what they're all like either. And, you know, Pantha's pedigree is kind of difficult because Vampirella was a niche character. She's, she was a cult character in an era where there were a lot of cult characters are unstudied. So she's like Vampirella's, she's like Ashley Simpson. Mm -hmm. Jessica Simpson was never the biggest pop star. And Ashley is basically Jessica's little sister. It's kind of like that. And from that perspective, they made this character interesting enough to carry the book. It's, you know, it's drawn well enough. It's written well enough. There's nothing wrong with it. Next issue, then number five comes out. I'll probably pick it up and at least flip through it and see what's going on. Fair enough. I was just look, I was trying to find the market share. I didn't see Panther make the list in September. Mm-hmm. I was looking to see if it made the top 300 in August. There may not have been an issue of Panther in September. Well, that's what I was looking at. I don't see it in uh, in August either, so it may either not have Pantha made. Either Panther is a bi-monthly or Panther has had some delays because I'm pretty sure that I reviewed Panther number 1 a good 6 months ago. All right. It, it's on the site at Majorspoilers.com. What's the date on it? And I can go. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go look. Oh, come on. <laughs> you don't have that stuff ready at a moment's notice? I used to. <laughs> change the search function on the website. No, search I function. can't find anything. Search function still works just fine. Um, Good heavens, Miss Tasimoko. She's tidied up, but I can't find anything. Let's see. Oh, this one didn't. I didn't turn on the search function on this one. See, uh, Panther number two came out in July, so it has either again uh, July, August. So yeah, it's probably skipped a month. Panther it, number one came out June fourteenth. Okay, so yeah, there's so, a skip month in there somewhere. Um, yep. It placed two hundred and fifty fifth out of the top three hundred in the direct market. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know there's a that's probably a good three four thousand people probably picking that up. Maybe not that many. Nah, it's probably about that many, 3,000. Something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Teeny, tiny costume. Teeny, you know, there's something tiny. for everyone out there in comic book land, and we try to Agreed. review as much of those books as we possibly can. So you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. We've got reviews basically every day, except on the days when I oversleep or I'm busy dealing with kids in being rushed to the hospital. Um, but uh, you can go find things out there. Matthew just uh, finished reviewing before Watchmen. Not even Watchmen. His kids, just other kids. Yeah, just other kids. Any excuse <laughs> yeah. not to work on the site. Actually, oh, my wife. Right. <laughs> actually, there's a child in the emergency room and Steven is there. <laughs> yeah. Before Watchmen, Matthew just reviewed. We got Daredevil 19 up there. We've got uh, uh, so many, Jim's many. Nice league, number 13. Oh, you know what? Um, I, I guess I should mention this. We're not doing a major spoilers poll of the week discussion in this episode. You mean of, I don't get to say it's time. No, it's no. not time. But I love saying it's time. I love listening it's not to time. Say that. It's my favorite part of the show when I get to say, it's time. It's not time. And the millions in attendance and the thousands listening at home, they love it when I say, it's time. It's not time. Uh, that's my new ringtone. <laughs> Matthew's going to say, it's time. It's not time. Um, the reason why we're not doing the uh, a poll of the week this week in the show oh, is because week, 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 our week. actual poll of the week this week has to do with the Major Spoilers 2012 costume contest. Uh, we, uh, the entries ended on Sunday night, everybody voted and we had the semifinalists up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and then we have the finalists being announced on Wednesday on the site. And that's the time where you, the major spoilers nation gets to vote on 
which of the five finalists you like the best. And we're not going to tell you who they are yet. I know who they are. Oh. Um, but uh, it's... Uh, uh, I will say this. My Wonder Woman costume was epic. Yeah, your yes. Wonder Woman costume, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we want everyone this week. Uh, this is going to be a big deal because on the line is an iPad, a new iPad, not an iPad mini. No. <laughs> that should be the booty no, no. prize. Uh, yeah. <laughs> an iPad Max. Max. Uh, so uh, the winner gets an iPad. Very the nice. runner-up gets one of those uh, portal, well, portal guns. Nice. Yes, no loser gets an iPad Mini. But we want everybody to vote. It's a big deal. This mm-hmm. is the time where you can spread the word, tell people to go check them out. There are some fantastic, fantastic, no Fantastic Four, Nope. But fantastic costumes that came out this year in the Major Spoilers costume contest. So be on the lookout for that on Wednesday, running all the way through the 31st. And then on November 1st, bright and early, we will announce who the winner of the Major Spoilers costume contest is and get that iPad out to them. If you wanted to enter the contest, a little bit too late to do that. But we have been doing this now for how many years, Matthew? I think five, four, six. Years. Six. Wow. Six years. Six. Oh, you mean doing the costume? Not yeah, just costume, the costume. costume. Yeah, the costume contest we've been running for six years. Have we? Yeah. I've been working here for six years. Yep, that's right. Holy moly, I brought the costume contest and all that is good to major spoilers. No. <laughs> this, this entire uh, company is built around you, Matthew. Actually, well, it is. actually, you have to because you couldn't be able to get him inside the building. You have to build the building around. Oh, boy. So go go over there and, and check that out. Uh, you you know, both best. We uh, we spend our own uh, money to uh, get these prizes together. And so we want to make sure that the time and effort and the page hits are well spent um, if you're looking for something to do, uh, if you don't have enough Major Spoilers podcasts to fill your, your time, we have so many stories over at Major Spoilers that you can right. read. Uh, so many. The Zach has been writing a bunch of uh, toy stories, not toy story. No, but I wish I wrote toy, toy related story. stories. <laughs> you know who wrote Toy Story? We got a friend. Oh, wasn't it? Oh, crap. Josh Whedon? Josh yeah, Whedon, yeah, wasn't Josh it? Josh Whedon, yeah. Was, was one of the writers. Yeah, yes. one of the many writers. I think he came in for a cleanup job or something, but... Um, yeah, the other right, Kevin McDonald. If you are looking and for some holiday candy, mm-hmm. if you're looking for some holiday candy, major spoilers, Rodrigo, myself, Matthew, and young Zach. You like being called young Zach? Yeah, I kind of like All it. All right. Uh, we sat down <laughs> on the most recent top five, uh, and we tell you what our favorite Halloween candy is. So when Matthew comes knocking at your door... You know and what Matthew's to stick out at your door. to give him. A lot of good fun. Yeah, I didn't realize that Don't it was the uh, 31st one. episode. And Halloween is on the 31st. Oh, well, look at that. Uh, oh. We've got some cool Munchkin stuff coming up in the coming weeks. Oh, uh, we, we, play, ever... uh, we play Munchkin Foo. And we played, um, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Munchkin, Munchkin Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. So you want to check that out. And the best way that you can hear this, not only is it downloading and listening to the podcast from the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, but it is also listening to them on a pair of tweaked audio headphones from our friends at tweakedaudio.com. Four styles, six colors, red, blue, green, black, silver, and wood, which isn't really a color, but they look cool anyway. Uh, You can get them with an optional microphone. I had thought Rodrigo had called in, but I guess he did not. These things fit in your ear, and they come with a variety of different sizes to put on the end, so they fit right in your ear Mm -hmm. and uh, and sound really good. Um, Engineered for durability. Noise reduction throughout. I mean, I can put these things in 
and not even hear it when my kid's face smacks into the fireplace. That is a benefit in some situations. I know, very much so. (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, These headphones are compatible with any audio device, just a mini jack. Um, The retail price for these, normally $19.95 to $34.95. If you go to tweakedaudio.com and when you check out, if you use the code MAJOR when you check out, you get 30% off. Holiday season just around the corner. Great stocking stuffers. Everybody needs some headphones, especially with the new uh, iPad mini that you'll be holding. Yes, also Every, a stocking stuffer. Needs, yeah. mm, it could be. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No. I think, you know, I my son has been uh, been really interested in taking pictures. We got him one of those little toy Fisher-Price cameras right. years ago um, that take little postage stamp size. Mm-hmm. But every time my mom comes out to visit, she brings her little, like, Canon Digital Elf, you know, one of those little point-and-shoot kind of cameras. And he has been taking some awesome pictures with that. So I think this year for Christmas... He's going to get one of those little Canon cameras so he can really take pictures because he went on a walk with grandma the other day. Mm-hmm. He was taking pictures and he's like, well, dad takes pictures of this. I'm going to take a picture of this. and I'm going to take pictures like dad takes pictures. And so I think what I'm going to do is get him one of those cameras. And I'm going to do it by going to Majorspoilers.com, using the Amazon S- link Smart. and buying yeah. it there. Smart. Get a little that. bit of discount on that. I used that to buy some toys the other day. What'd you buy? Toys for you or uh, toys for your daughter or toys for your wife? Or toys for well, me. Or toys hello. for Zach. <laughs> Now my my daughter and I bought some eight inch Power Rangers. Oh, I saw that. She found mine. No, those were mine. We actually bought more. Ah, updated Power Rangers, or um, did you go back into no. the classics and find some like old ones? We found the ones that were ninety nine cents. Oh, okay, <laughs> I see how you are. Did you use the Amazon link? Yes, I did. All dot, right, dot, dot. that's really cool. It's really cool. Uh, you can also click on all the other ads on the Major Spoilers site, like the Honey Badger Don't Care, but you should. Indie Game Stand, don't know what that's about, but click on it anyway. So many, many, many good things over at Majorspoilers.com. All right, let us talk about Lobster Johnson Volume 2, The Burning Hand. Lobster Johnson Volume 2, Burning Hand. Lobster Johnson Volume 2, Oh, The Burning Hand. So here's the cool thing about this series. Um, The first time we saw Lobster Johnson was in Conqueror Worm, I believe. I think that's the one that was in. And he just appeared briefly. And then he appeared in a bunch of backups uh, throughout the years, a bunch of short stories. He had a Volume 1 series that was kind of set... I think it was Lobster Johnson's last mission or something, or he comes back as a ghost. Forget what it is. Uh, this is actually a story set in the 1920s and 30s, early, mid-1920s, mm-hmm. during Prohibition, and um, is like Lobster Johnson at his prime, running around, burning you know, the lobster claw onto people's foreheads. It's got a very pulpy feel to it, mm-hmm. and you've got everything. I mean, this kind of starts out almost like a Scooby-Doo uh, story, Matthew, where all these glowing Indians are trying to take back Manhattan and uh, doesn't quite work out well for those Indians because number one, they're not Indians. Number two, they're gangsters wearing phosphorescent paint, but a reporter on the scene, young glow in the dark. Yes. Glow in the dark. I know what that means. (laughs) Um, Young uh, girl reporter is tracking down the mystery and finds out that, Hey, that's the mob that's trying to scare off people so that they can buy the land really cheap. Yep. Because there's going to be a highway system that comes in and they'll be able to sell that land Isn't for that millions. The, that's also the plot of uh, Roger Rabbit, as I recall. To an extent, yeah, except that uh, they're doing away with the trolley car system. So they're buying up all the trolley car systems 
because it'll be replaced by the highway system, which will run but, along yeah, the same the highway. Yeah, which is interesting because um, I forget where it is. I don't know if it's in Long Beach or in somewhere between Irvine and Long Beach or Newport Beach and Long Beach. Uh, they actually still have a, a big section of that trolley car line that's still in place, hmm. which is kind of cool to that's see. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is this kind of kind of has a pulp feel to me to it. Um, it does and it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's not. You know, this is not the shadow. This is not Doc Savage. This is not the Spider. This is not you know any number of other uh, pulp characters that not were out there. G eight. No, it, it, yeah. no, it, it's not. And I don't, what is it, Matthew? Why doesn't this feel like a true pulp tale or character or anything like that? I mean, obviously it's not, well, but it, it's missing. Well, something. It, first of all, it's not, there's a little, I think there's a little too much superhero in it. And the one thing that kills it for me anyway, when it comes to a pulp story, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Pulp stories aren't necessarily realistic tales. And right. this feels like, a realistic story. It's not, you know, larger than life oh, figures running here's around. here's what it is. Here's what it is. In the pulp stories, the supernatural generally turns out to be something that's not supernatural, right? Right. So that's why mm-hmm. the first issue really feels like a pulp story when you have all these ghost Indians running around. It's like, oh, no, it's just guys wearing glowing paint. They're all going to die from cancer anyway someday right. because it uses, you know, <laughs> uranium as the key component. Um, Radium. Yes. Uh but as the story moves along and the girl reporter's in trouble and she's rescued by Lobster Johnson and they're trying to find out what's what Mr. Big is really doing. And Mr. Big is dealing with uh, a guy that looks right out of uh, Maltese Falcon or M. Um, what was that guy's name? Peter Laurie. Pe- Peter Laurie. That's that, that, that's how that I character. I since M. That is how that character read <laughs> for me. My name is Rocky Rococo. Yeah, that is exactly how that character read. And it's kind of drawn that way. Um, but the big yeah. boss, the big boss is, who did you picture big boss as being? Oh, my big boss is always going to be uh, the big boss from Cops, Central Organization of Police Specialists. Oh, from? Uh, the big fat guy who's a composite of George Raft and uh, Jimmy Cagney and the I, other guy. Yeah, I didn't see this as, as George Raft. I saw this as... Um, um, ah, crap! I'm terrible with names tonight. Uh, to the moon, Tonight. Alice. To the moon, Jackie. Gleason. Jackie Gleason oh. in the hus in the um, hustler. I can definitely see that. That's actually. how that kind of read to me. And this guy's got all sorts of problems. He's doesn't like people smoking around him. He doesn't believe in in magic, but he le- lets Peter Laurie convince him to bring in these two people that will take care of the lobster Johnson problem as well as their housing problem Mm -hmm. and uh, get them filthy rich once prohibition ends. I mean, it takes a while for him to work up to that point. Oh yeah. 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 He gets some, it's a, like everyone, his organization just gets knocked off. Oh yeah. Yeah. It gets eviscerated. And he finally says Paul Sorvino in the rocketeer where he's like, I may be a criminal, but I'm a red blooded American. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Paul Sorvino would work too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that almost beats Jackie Gleason for that. Yeah. Good good call on that. It's a similar archetype though. Now the thing that that comes in that is really surprising is the villain of this piece, the real supernatural villain is the Black Flame. And the Black Flame has been a recurring villain in Hellboy in the Hellboy series for quite some time, going all the way back to I think BPRD um Plague of Frogs, I think is where maybe he first appeared or maybe it was before that. 
but it's this guy that's basically a skeleton that's on fire, a mm-hmm. black flame that you can't put out and can kill you instantly. And I think, Matthew, going back to that pulp uh, discussion is that's why this doesn't feel like pulp, because we actually move into the realm of yeah. the supernatural and it's not explained away by science. Yeah, and you, you have that villain who is clearly driven by supernatural forces. I think that's part of it. Had this been a Doc Savage tale, there would have been an explanation of how yeah. he pulls it all off with mirrors and phosphorescent paint and a little bit of flame. Yeah. Oh, or, yeah, like, he was – because, in fact, at one point when the black flame first appears, one of the mooks is basically saying, oh, yeah, that asbestos suit that that guy's wearing is, mm-hmm. you know, gotta – it works really well. And then we find out or he finds out that, oh, yeah. no, that is not the case. And then he gets – is he the guy who gets burnt? To where half of his body is exposed. I think so because then we find out what his uh, we find out what half of his uh, his girlfriend or his wife or whatever what her powers is is she can perform some spell, suck out yeah. all your oh. memories and know exactly yeah. what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Sucks that out was, through your guts. That entire like couple page sequence was memory. super creepy. Why? Did you get the creep? I mean, you probably have not read a lot of Hellboy, right? N- no, though, I've only read like the last hellboy arc right before he like goes into hell like where oh, he okay. dies so I, that's yeah. the only thing i've read wow uh so this is my experience but yeah just that entire like he has him at, on the street and then he just disappears and no one knows where he goes mm-hmm. and you find him he's like all charred and he she just starts stabbing and then singing and smoke and weird stuff is coming out of the body and just like sucking into her yeah, yeah. it's like a weird like reverse almost like green mile where she, she's not helping anyone she's just ruining your life yeah yeah it's um at the same time, of course, we find out that Lobster Johnson is not working on his own. I mean, he's got a whole, as you would expect in this kind of a story, a whole team of people that have special expertise. A network of operatives. Yeah. I mean, just like Doc Savage, just like the Shadow, just like uh, the Spider, just like the Avenger. Just like G8. Yeah. And um, they're operating there in New York. And when the, the, the gang finds out where Lobster Johnson is, they bring the fight there. And it's bloody and it's, and it's uh, mm. a lot of people yeah. get hurt and a lot of people get killed and the black flame is burning things down to the ground. And the only thing you'll find here is justice. Yeah, that's the, okay, so let's uh, talk Lobster Johnson. This is a great kind of, this is a great character, very fitting for his time period, kind of has the motif. I mean, he's the, the uh, lobster claw being burned onto the head. Is very much mm-hmm. like the spider burning the spider onto the forehead yeah. of his victims. Um, he's got the, uh, you know, the flyboy costume kind of thing get up that you would expect from something like the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. He's got the network of operatives like you're going to see in Avenger G8 or Doc Savage. Um, but they don't seem to have, you know, it's not it's not like we find out who Lobster Johnson really is. It's not like Playboy Millionaire brad gobles or whatever you know right uh brad. Yes. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well that's what they're gonna explore brad. in volume three of uh of lobster johnson it's they're gonna have a deep red but they basically live in the you know in a bronx area probably of of new york mm-hmm. doing their thing and in their in their thing and their secret hideout they've got biplanes and howitzers and tanks and all right. sorts of stuff ready to roll out on the streets um, I don't know. The, the Lobster Johnson doesn't play a big role except for, you know, the, the hero that kind of directs people and tells mm-hmm. them what to do. 
Yeah. He's still kind of a cipher in this story, which right. works. It works in a way because he's supposed to be the mysterious, you know, two fisted hero guy and his operatives are there to have human emotions. Right. You know, it's it's like when the shadow turned into an emotionless jack wagon and his people are just like, oh, well, the boss is acting a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what Zach does. On now, I don't, you know, the I, I, I keep forgetting the, the female reporter's name. Um, but she's well, there. She's there to serve as that conduit for the reader into this world. It's not Lois. No, I don't think so. Uh, you no, know who? Lois. You know who? Uh, you know who the uh, Lobster Johnson's voice is inside my head. Who's that? Mm-mm. Michael Ansara or Ansara? Victor Freeze. Oh, Nora. Oh, yeah. Kang from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, or not the Next Generation, from the original Star Trek. Taste justice. Yeah, that's kind of the voice that I kind of hear. This kind of hollowish voice of yeah, prepare for good. justice yeah, like at the hands. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. The uh, story kind of ends up kind of weird. I mean, they kind of defeat the Black Flame by killing his his wife or his companion yeah. Um, yeah. and kind of depower him. But they still have to go after the uh, the big boss. Mm-hmm. And Peter Laurie leads them to, and this is the weirdest part of the whole story because it just <laughs> it seems so really out of place, weird. but kind of, again, in the same vein that you would hear this like third act surprise jump that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. He leads them to one of the big boss's houses and there's zombies inside, <laughs> but they're not zombies. They're cannibals, cannibals from the sewers, which makes me wonder what is <laughs> going to happen chuds. next. Yeah. yeah. They are chuds. Um, and they, you know, get out of there and then they hunt down the big boss and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Crime the house is full free. of chuds. It's like poor Homer Simpson. And then the chuds came at me. Yeah. And it ends on a really weird note for me. Yeah, I agree. In that the Peter Laurie character and the Paul Sorvino character are like, uh, okay, uh, all that happens. And then Cindy has, you know, her big story and it just ends with uh, that shot in the newsroom of Cindy's big story. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. I'm wondering if we're going to see more of these same characters, if this Mm -hmm. is like meant to be our, is this our world? Is this our cast? Are we going to see more of the Paul Sorvino guy going forward Uh, in the next Lobster Johnson, if there is one? Wasn't he taken down? Well, at the end of the book, he's, I mean, he's in his safe house and his, uh, his uh, guy shows up and lights a cigarette and he's calling out for a cup of coffee because he got shot. So he's still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That's right. I kept thinking I was uh, remembering the sequence from where they busted into the sauna and blew yeah. up everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the big boss can continue to uh, to be in existence. They've brought down the immediate threat. And then, yeah, uh, instead of uh, being scooped on the story, she actually got the real story on the vigilante justice. Um, yeah. I mean, what I did like about the ending, besides the fact that it like leaves you like well this isn't really complete is the fact that like the it seems like there's a power switch between the crime mm-hmm. with the guy coming up because he's he the whole entire story he's not been letting him smoke throughout and then he kind of let him do and then he's like completely yeah, 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 saying yeah. it's okay I just don't want to get ashes on the rugs yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. completely like giving over his power almost 
which makes yeah. me wonder what the power is of this of the Peter Lorre character is because yeah, at the very beginning he's like, "Come here, you! What are you trying right. to do? Smoke in here? What have I told you about that?" I don't know if it's and then yeah, by the end of the issue he's like so scared of everything he's like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead is and it, smoke." Just is it just the fact that he brought those two on? It could be that he's now been exposed to something. His world has grown bigger and right. he's much smaller in that world, and so that fear uh, mm-hmm. gets to him. I can I can see that happening. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Is he's emotionally not able to deal with everything that he's seen. Mm-hmm. And he has kind of lost some of his power. But yeah, I, I think, Matthew, yeah. you're right that we're going to see him probably be big heavy. Now, there are two other uh, Lobster Johnson um, one shots that have come out since then. The Prayer of uh, Nefiru, which I really, really liked. It was, again, set in this time period. And it was a, um, um, uh, it, again, I, I talked about it on the show. I reviewed it a couple of mm. months ago where... Um, I, no, I listened back in August, but yeah, yeah it's this, it's this mystic woman who's a fraud, but really she's trying to gather all these Egyptian mummies together so she can be the queen of Egypt risen and lobster Johnson comes in and just blows her up and everything <laughs> is pretty cool. And then there's another one. It really is. It it's a very, a it's theme. a very cool, uh, one shot. The other one I haven't read is, um, came out in September, uh, but it's also by Mike Mignola and, and everybody who's written on uh, this series. I haven't read that one yet. Lobster um, Johnson and the Curse of the Topeka Stink Pickle. It's uh, Kaput Mortem, I think, is what the uh, title is. Um, but I haven't, I I honestly, I haven't read it. I'll have to go back in the uh, review copies that um, Dark Horse sent us and, and see if it's any good. But I, I that's a that's a 200 issue callback right there, Steve. There you go. Uh, I like the, the follow up one shot, The Prayer of Nefiru. I thought that one was really good. Um, I thought it worked in the same way. So even though we get to see Lobster Johnson and how he operates and we get to see that spelled out in a five issue uh, miniseries, I kind of would rather just see more one shot stories done in ones, mm. I think work really well for me. What'd you think, Zach, of, the, of this story? This is their first time exposed to the Hellboy universe except for that last yeah, little bit. Yeah, besides the like, three issues I've read. Um, it's interesting. Now, can you confirm, like, from what I understand of how Hell- Hellboy is written, like the arcs are like disjointed like they're not um, chronological in order. They're like they jump sometimes around. They, in time. Sometimes they can be. Yeah. Okay. Now the most recent stuff, the stuff that basically picked up when BPRD started with Plague of Frogs, there mm-hmm. was l- very little jumping back in time from that point. Very little okay. jumping in time because BPRD and Hellboy and Abe Sapien, all their stories converge okay. into that big moment where Hellboy gets sent to hell, and now we have. Um, whatever BPRD now is jumping back to like 1948 as the mm-hmm. new series on that. But yeah, everything went up to that point where Hellboy died. And so it was kind of, in, even though you had these arcs, right. They were arcs that built upon one another. Okay. So that, that was yeah. my only slight worry about reading this is that I really liked the building up and the ending kind of fell off for me because I thought, well, really the focus was going to be killing the black flame. And then right. that would have been built up more. And then it wasn't. And so then I thought they're going to deal more with the gangsters and stuff. And then some cannibals were thrown in, which was weird. And so now we're kind of left wanting more. And so I'm worried that like the next volume mm-hmm. might not be a continuation of the story, but something else entirely. And then I have to wait longer to read it. Cause I want to, I want to finish this sort of build up. Cause it's, yeah, I, I mean really the nice one shot, the up. one shot is just really standalone has nothing right. to do with what we see here. Like I said, there's another one shot that I haven't read that I'm going to bet is the same thing, not mm-hmm. involving these characters much further. Right. Uh, except for, you know, the, the core hero group. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I can't say whether you're going to see the, the gangsters back. Oh, you are. 
I'm sure you will. Well, I'm sure you, you are, but just in what someday. time frame will we? Yeah, see it someday. Well, the when you're um, as old as I am, you you don't worry about these. I can't remember if it was in the Iron <laughs> Prometheus or in what. Yeah, it must have been the Iron Prometheus storyline where they actually killed Lobster Johnson. He doesn't have a long lifespan oh, in, okay. in the comics. I mean, uh, when Hellboy encounters him in Conqueror Worm, although apparently he appeared first in Box Full of Evil in 1999, um, when Hellboy encounters him in Conqueror Worm, he's a ghost. Oh, all right. And he's always been a ghost as far as Hellboy has been concerned. That's how he knows him from. Mm-hmm. So all of these adventures take place you know, up to, yes. and I'm guessing, um, through World War II. Right. And that's it. So right up until about the point Hellboy came to this world. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you liked it enough? Yeah, it, it, it's intrigued me enough to, I've always wanted to try to get into the Hellboy stuff, but just the way that I read my comics and the way Dark Horse says or digital stuff, I haven't really done much. And if you can read, read that first volume of Hellboy, I think you'd really get a kick yeah. out of it. But, you know, the weird thing about Lobster Johnson is he's kind of one of those things that it's a spinoff where it mm-hmm. resides in the Hellboy universe. Right. But you never see BPRD. You're not really going to see Hellboy uh, interacting, mm-hmm. you know, with the character. It is this character dealing with supernatural stuff in this, you know, 1920s, 30s, right, 40s right. time period. No, I, th- I think it really worked. And I'm, I'm intrigued and I want to read more, which accomplishes something on some part for yeah. a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, what about you? I think the most fascinating part about it for me is the fact that uh, when you look at something like this, you have to take into account not just the history of a character, but the history of the media. And I like the fact that Lobster Johnson works as a meta story as well, mm-hmm. a story about the history of you know the pulps and turning into superheroes. And eventually, at, at one point, I don't remember where I read it, but I remember at one point they were talking about lobster johnson getting his name because he was in um a masked mexican wrestling movie like el santo (laughs) and that's where they named him lobster johnson technically he's like the black lobster or something i like this i i think i might have liked it better if it were actually drawn by mignola Mm -hmm. as well as as well as written but this was something that the art felt kind of dave gibbonsy yeah, 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 especially in some of the faces and the eyes, you're just kind of like, this reminds me a little bit of some of the really dirty sequences of Watchmen mm-hmm. where bad things are happening to bad people. And I'm kind of OK with that. Well, I forget who the artist is that uh, draws a lot of the Hellboy stuff that's that really. Apes, well, this is that really apes Mignola style. And I don't know if it's this guy or not, but it's not this guy. This is Tanchi Zonic or Zonchik. OK, who uh, did Marvel Divas from Marvel oh, a couple yeah, of yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Love his work. Yeah, I I like the art. I mean, it's still it's not Mike's work, but it is in that style, and I like that high contrast style in in the art. Um, and so I really really like the art here. Um, Zach, this is different than art you've probably come face to face with before. Well, of course, reading um, Hellboy. No, it wasn't something that I was like thrown off as something different since I've, I've read if, I mean, I've read, read independent stuff. So, I mean, the color palettes and kind of resemble some of the stuff I've read mm-hmm. and yeah, so I've read, I'm familiar with what Hellboy art generally looks like. Okay. So no, I enjoyed the art. It, it worked really well. What didn't you guys like in this? Matthew? I think the things that I didn't like about it were the ties to the universe that I wasn't necessarily in on. 
mm-hmm. like uh, the little bits with the black flame. I didn't realize that the black flame was the black flame. Right. Because mm-hmm. I haven't read the Hellboy stories where he appears. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of had this, you know, appreciation of Lobster Johnson as less superhero-y than this. There, I mean, there's a lot of superhero in this adventure as opposed to your standard pulp guy. And while that's fine, and I think that that makes perfect sense when we're looking at a superhero comic published in the 21st century for an audience that mostly watches and reads superheroes. Right, right. I feel like it kind of worked against the story. And I think that, you know, like you mentioned, it doesn't necessarily feel like the pulp that it's honoring and homaging because of a couple of little moments in it. And, you know, the Black Flame actually being supernatural and Lobster Johnson coming across as a little more than I really expected from something that was more properly a pulp story. Yeah, I was just going back and relooking at um, the trade that came out before this, the Iron Prometheus. Iron Prometheus isn't where Lobster Johnson dies, but it's at the point where, you know, crap goes down for the entire team and it's basically that breaking point for the team. So it's a really good read, but it takes, it's weird because volume one takes place like five years after After this story takes place. So it's... It kind of gets a little goofy. Right. So uh, I, I don't know if you would enjoy Iron Prometheus as much. Um, you might. You might go check it out. But really, to know more about the Black Flame, you'd really have to go in and read Plague of Frogs, mm-hmm. which means you have to know a lot about what's going on in the BPRD and the Hellboy <laughs> right. universe uh, to begin with. So it's it can be a little hard to get into. Um, what didn't you like about this, Zach? Um, the only thing I really didn't like was the ending i just it didn't feel completed and the whole cannibal thing mm-hmm. was just a really like left turn out of, like nowhere yeah i thought it was really weird and the fact that they had i just thought it was interesting they had these they actually had a plan apparently for the cannibals like i had to use them to like, do this right, oh right. Well, that's that's fine that's fine like we can do other things right which I, that's weird yeah, which means you, <laughs> they could come back at some point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so more cannibals possibly for lobster. Um, but yeah, just the ending I felt just rushed it and then didn't complete it. Like it rushed it and it stopped like five meters before the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Or actually it'd be more because the story's really not done. It's like playing Quop. You're I, almost there. With the zombie and thing, that surprised the heck out of me too. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute, this... This arc is almost over. There's no way that they can continue on and do a whole zombie mm-hmm. storyline. And then I was like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing, but it really felt out of place. Well, for me, when I was reading it, because I downloaded it, I downloaded the preview to my iPad, and it said, like, on my thing, it's like on a page 120 of 145. Like, oh, right, right. so the, this is still going somewhere, going somewhere. I get to the. I get to the newspaper panel, I'm like, okay, next issue. And then it's just like extra art stuff. I'm like, what right, 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 the right, right. F? Yeah, yeah. So, again, readers, this is a, a review copy, electronic review right, copy yeah. that Dark Horse sends to us. So, we're not doing anything illegal. Don't no, worry. No, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, that just that was the one thing that really disappointed me about the series. I thought all the ancillary characters were really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved how I could hear the voices in my head of these characters playing off. Mm-hmm. And I thought that worked well. The art was good. Um, yeah. But there's just, the art was I don't actually know, very good. There just something was off about this. It just mm-hmm. seemed skewed. Um, for me, I say though, as, as we look at kind of, a, I guess anybody want to share anything else on this? Yeah. I, I guess for me, the, the big thing is if you want to try to get into a character that resides in the Hellboy universe, 
and you don't want to go back and read Plague of Frogs because there's a lot of baggage attached to it, and you don't want to read the last adventure of uh, Lobster Johnson, but you want to read kind of where he's just emerging as this vigilante hero or his first <laughs> year uh, fighting crime. This this is a good this is a good point. I I think that this is a this is a good buy or a good borrow mm-hmm. recommendation that I think people who like the Hillboy universe will get a kick out of. Uh, so that's that's my recommendation is is either buy it used or borrow it from a friend. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially yeah, I think it coming from my perspective, wanting to learn more about what's happening in this uh, Hellboy universe is a great introduction to the character. You kind of get a feel for what uh, Lobster Johnson's all about and stopping the baddies and having to have some short quip lines and just blasting people with pistols. Um, I, yeah, I think it's a really good place to pick it up. And yeah, I'd recommend finding a, maybe a cheap used copy or go to the library and pick it up and yeah. enjoy yourself a good time. Matthew, it's off to you now. I would say this is definitely something I would check out. Um I don't know if I'd get as into it as Steven, because honestly, if you don't know anything about the character, you're not going to know anything about the character. But if you're interested in checking out something that's kind of pulpy, but kind of Hellboy and kind of superhero-y and kind of, you know, two-fisted crime drama-y, you could do a lot worse than this. The art is phenomenal. The writing is never, you know, below par. And the moments that don't work only don't work because of the parts of it that are so good being above what you kind of expected from it. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, you know, the sight of Lobster Johnson busting out a howitzer and shooting people. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> <kinda> awesome. <laughs> you shall only taste justice. You know, I like everything that happens here. I just don't necessarily... I, I Some of it didn't go far enough. A little bits of it, I think, went a little too far. But even those aren't deal breakers. This is definitely a book that I would check out. If you already like Hellboy or Lobster Johnson, it's probably worth a pickup. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, listeners, there you go. That is our look at Lobster Johnson, Volume 2, The Burning Hand. Comes out in trade paperback form in November, so it's not out yet. So buying that used copy is going to be a little difficult. That will be hard. But, uh, you know, you head over to Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon Engage in Topeka, and more than likely they have the original five issues. Ready to be picked up. I will up. tell you the original issues. Will you? <laughs> For how much? Nope, oh, his Skype went off. Oh, oh darn, darn right at there. All right, that wraps <laughs> it up for this issue. Thank you so much for listening, being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, we will be taking a look at Super Dinosaur Volume 1. Why? Because Rodrigo wanted to read it, and he's not here this week, so we bumped it till next time. Yep. And you do too. Wait, that doesn't work. No. We know you love comics, and we do too. We'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Spoilers. red vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose. I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If 
green or gray. I can just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little mate would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set the wind soldier. Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.